I have a secret. I wore the wrong foundation for years. Then I discovered Il Maquillage, the boldest new brand in beauty. With 20,000 five-star reviews and 50 shades of flawless coverage, their Woke Up Like This foundation is a bestseller for a reason. It's tough buying foundation online, but their Power Match quiz matched me perfectly. And with Try Before You Buy, you can try your shade free for 14 days. Take the quiz at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz. Hi, I'm Danielle Rodeutchen, and welcome to this episode of My Big Idea, the podcast from ASOS, which brings you weekly career inspiration. This week, I'm talking to author Lisa Owens. In 2013, Lisa left her job in publishing to do a master's in creative writing at the University of East Anglia. Her debut novel, Not Working, has just been published by Picador. So what does it take to get a novel published? Here's Lisa's big idea. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Thanks so much for doing the ASOS podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Um, We're here in the really beautiful Pan Macmillan offices in central London. Um, And we're here to talk about your debut novel, Not Working. Um, First of all, why did you decide to write a book? Um, Well, it was something I think I always wanted to do ever since I was little. Um, But then um, over the years, I I did write a lot when I was a child, but then kind of over the years, things got in the way. um, And, uh, you know, at school, I just kind of, it just, you know, I I was always a big reader, but the writing side just fell away. Um, And then I I think there was also part of me that felt maybe, you know, who am I to do it? And what right have I to kind of put a book out there? So it took then a few years to kind of really get up the confidence to do it. Um, And I worked for six years in publishing. So I was kind of quite well placed then to, um, to make that change. Um, But yeah, it came from sort of spending that time working and having an income and all of those kind of good things about having a job and then I got to just hit a point where I thought do I want to kind of progress in this or do I want to um you know try this thing that I've always had a hunch I want to do um, and so I and so what was the thing so how did you do it in terms of had you saved up some money because I know that in a way that that mirrors something that sort of happens to the protagonist in yes, the book isn't yeah. it she leaves a job at the beginning yeah in order to pursue or to find out who she is yes um and obviously it's a bit different for you because you knew what you wanted to do and you went ahead and did it. Did it. But um, had, like her, had you saved up some money? And Yeah, well, so the way I did it was um, I went to do a master's. So I think the idea of just quitting my job to then write a novel was absolutely terrifying and not something that I would have at all been confident enough to do. Um, so I applied to do a master's in creative writing, um, which I um, kind of... It actually happened very last minute, but so I didn't have this kind of period of saving up, but it was kind of fine for a year. Yeah. Um, and then um, I did that, and then at the end of that, I, ha- I started what became Not Working and um, sort of had conversations with my husband about whether, you know, how long this was sustainable, really, whether I should finish it or, you know, go back to work. And, um, you know, he was very supportive and said, you know, just go for it. And then, um, fortunately, managed to sell it. So that kind of <laughs> all paid off. But, yeah, it was a bit of a kind of... Yeah, it was a bit of a risky decision. So did you take the book to an agent or did someone approach you? Um, so I sent um, about... I had 15,000 words of it at the end of my Masters and I sent it to somebody who was a friend and slash ex-colleague um, from the world of publishing and I, because I didn't really know because it's in this, these vignettes and it's at the stage that I brought it to her it was definitely not a novel it was this kind of 
collection of stuff, really. Um, and so I sent it to her really just to see whether it was total insanity or whether <laughs> it could have any kind of other life. Um, and she took it and just really liked it and said, I think you should develop this and I would like to represent you. So I was incredibly lucky that she kind of was so passionate from the outset. Um, and yeah, she then set me a lot of deadlines that I did fail to meet many times. <laughs> um, but having that kind of, having someone on my side and, and really pushing me was was crucial and getting it finished and did you how do you go about actually writing the book do you sit there and go right I'm just going to write a chapter a day or do you plan the whole thing or do you just set yourself a goal and then hope you're going to get there at some point what's the process um it's a lot of the hoping I'm going to get there at some yeah. point very little on the you know lots of writers have um got you know word count limits that they'll say every day I'm going to write a thousand words or two thousand words or even 500 words um that like the way I write is very kind of painstaking and painful in that I edit as I go so um I would often end up with fewer words at the end of the day than I started with, which is kind of awful when you're right in the thick of it and don't know if it's actually ever going to get finished. Um, But yeah, it was kind of really just quite an instinctive process and just thinking like, you know, if this if this is meant to be, you know, if that doesn't sound too kind of, um, I don't know, pretentious, but if, if it's going to be a novel, then it will kind of hopefully find its course and I just have to kind of work with that feeling. And the subject matter, do you want to explain a bit about the st- what was, kind of give us a brief synopsis? Yes, um, I should actually be a lot better story. than this by now than I am. <laughs> I find myself doing lots of kind of vague yeah, hand I was gestures. Do it, but I think you probably know better than me. Okay, <laughs> well, well, we'll see. Um, so it's about a young woman named Claire Flannery who has a job um, that she's been in since graduating and that she kind of has this niggling sense that she maybe should be doing something else, but she has no idea what. So she quits her job in an attempt to find out, but then very quickly finds out that she really lacks any sort of impetus to pursue it in the way that she she thought she might. So, you know, she had these grand visions that she was going to be, you know, um, well, firstly, kind of improving herself a lot, doing, you know, going to the gym every day and um, going to lots of art galleries and, you know, keeping up to date with current affairs. So it's things that we can basically all sort of identify with on some level. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, you know, whether that's just for people, what they want to do on their day off, maybe, or sort of for a more extended period of time. Um, but then the kind of bigger picture is this job that just really kind of keeps eluding her. And she, I think she thinks, oh, you know, I'll just Google stuff <laughs> and find out. But then obviously, Obviously, that's not really how it works at all. And so she quite quickly like starts to unravel in, in various different ways. Um, was it? A, it's quite a kind of pertinent theme to sort of 20-something audience, I guess, because we know lots of people find it hard to find a job these days or certainly find a job that is sort of creatively or just satisfying in any way. Um, is that something you thought about quite carefully beforehand or was it a story that you always had in you and wanted to tell? Um, it was definitely, I would say, more character-driven than sort of idea-driven. I, di- I didn't set out to say something about the like millennial condition, mm-hmm. although that kind of seems to be <laughs> how it has turned out in a way. Um, but I, yeah, so I, I was more interested in this, in the voice of Claire, um, but it I was also kind of aware at the time I was writing it that lots of my peers were going through sort of career crises and questioning things. And, you know, I think kind of as you get, get to, well, you know, having done a certain job, you know, a job for a certain number of years and then you're sort of getting towards 30 and beyond and you're thinking about having a family. And I think all those pressures are, you know, particularly on women, but on, on everyone really. Um, and that was something that kind of, because this voice was somebody who was lacking direction and seeking it, 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 it seemed to marry quite well with that theme of work and career and purpose. Mm. And tone of voice, um, is that something 
that you worked on and thought about before or was it something that um, developed as you wrote the book or was it something your agent told you that you thought you should you know pitch it in that kind of way because when I was you know I know I've read that that you know it's had some comparisons to like Bridget Jones and when I read it there it feels sort of similar there's bits of like I think of like you know Caitlin Moran Zoe Williams type journalist it's that kind of it's very humorous and witty and fast-paced like deadpan um how did you arrive at your tone of voice um it was something that actually just came in a way that I really didn't expect and a lot of the stuff I'd written before was nothing like this book at all it was much more kind of mannered probably quite kind of um, sparse and definitely not contemporary in this way um, and so it really took me by surprise but it was just these kind of I had these bits and pieces in my computer of like observations and stuff I've been you know noting down on my iPhone and stuff and um, and they all kind of did share this tone. So um, can I just ask yeah. writing observations down was it something you've just done over the years thinking oh I might write this I write this down in case I write a book at some point or was it just something that you started doing when you knew you were going to write a book? It was it, it that habit kind of jumped up a degree when I was doing my masters and I was writing a lot and so my eyes were open in a kind of different way to how they had been before um and I think I think you do see things in a different way when you're writing and I remember like quite early on in my masters saying oh like a lot of writing fiction just feels like um unfunny observational stand-up comedy yeah right. um and and so that kind of it just became a bit of a habit and then when I kind of went back and looked at this kind of collection that I had of them I thought oh these are kind of all in a certain voice and um and you know who is this person that kind of could, could come from these um so yeah I, I definitely didn't sit down and think right I'm going to try and write something in the manner of Bridget Jones or you know Catlin mm-hmm. Moran it just kind of did come out this way um, so you wrote the book, it was finished, and then um, the agent took it to put it to publishers. Yeah. And I read that it was the subject of a quite drawn out bidding war. <laughs> Tell us about how that happened. Um, well, it was, yeah, it seemed like it's a bit of a whirlwind to look back on. Um, yeah, my agent sort of snatched it out of my hands because I think I could have just gone on editing it forever. Was um, that because she just she thought it was so amazing? <laughs> I think she, she just, just waited long enough for it, thought it was right. finished. And, and I think because I do edit a lot, I think by the time I had finished, it was in, you know, a sort of readable state at least. Um, so... That was a kind of, that kind of cut out the lengthy like edits process that you might have you know if you work a different way, um, and then yeah she sent it out and um, and people responded in a way that I really just hadn't expected at all um, and it was how long did it take by the way from start to, to write writing yeah. so from the moment I first wrote it to the moment that my agent sent it out mm. was eighteen months okay. full time um, wow. a lot of that was procrastination like I mean a, a lot of time like 2014 was quite a kind of dark year for me of just think you know of sitting trying to get it going and, and failing quite dark because you were trying to get the book written and couldn't yeah in that exactly way. and kind of felt like I you know had done you know taken this kind of risk and you know there was absolutely no end in sight and it just I kept kind of missing 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 deadlines and so um, is that did you sort of channel those feelings when you were writing the book? Because I feel like quite a lot of that might come through in <laughs> I think Claire's personality I, d- I did well. find there was this weird parallel in the, like her kind of search for a job and my kind of attempt to finish the book. And, and I think like her, I was kind of drifting around a bit, you know, trying to, you know, go into cafes to try and write this. You know, she's looking for a job. I was trying to trying to write a book. Mm. And, um, and yeah, definitely, I think there was that kind of, that self-starting... Um, 
like the, the need to self-start that kind of I felt sometimes was definitely lacking. I think mm. that does kind of appear. <laughs> so back to the bidding war. Yeah, quite excited <laughs> to hear about this story. Um, yeah, so it was sent out, and the, yeah, there was this amazing response. Um, in fact, my the, before there was an, a kind of official offer from the UK, um, there was an offer from Denmark from a Danish language publisher, which was amazing. And that was I was like, great, you know, if nothing else, <laughs> I can move to Denmark. Yeah, <laughs> I really like you know the killing and all of those things, and they've got great design, so maybe I'll just relocate yeah. if it doesn't kick off here. Um, so that was fun, just having that, and then. And then, um, yeah, you know, these publishers started offering and um, it was just so exciting kind of going and meeting them and having these conversations with people who had just responded to the book in a way that I dreamed of, really. Um, And, yeah, and, you know, having worked in publishing myself, I'd kind of been on the other side of those things. So it was, like, insanely Did you find yourself sort of being able to play the game quite well because you'd worked there? You'd be sort of (laughs) thinking, I know how this works. Absolutely not. I was so (laughs) uncool about it and I was very grateful to have my agent there who could just kind of keep things kind of even-handed. <laughs> so then how long was, did that all take? Um, I think it all took, it probably took like about two weeks in total. Um, I went okay. actually to America for um, a few weeks during it all. So it kind of had this, took on this weird quality of like, I was kind of having to do some phone calls at, you know, UK time, but I was getting up at like five in the morning there, but I was jet lagged, so it was fine. And it kind of <laughs> felt like this really, you know, that it felt, it was really exciting. Um, and so now it's available to buy. Yep. You had lots of um, parties last week, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Even though you have just had a baby. Yep. I don't think you don't mind me sharing that. <laughs> no, that's just, I'm so impressed that you managed to turn up today. Oh, not at all. Um, and to someone who might be wanting to write a book or maybe even just change their career or leave their job to start a book, what would you say are... What do you know now that you didn't know before you started writing it? Um, that is a very good question. Um, well, it, I, it, I think it will it be entirely dependent on the person because I think the way I write is is very kind of instinctive. I, I just could I tried to be the person who would have a plan and a kind of idea and a plot and all of those things, and that just didn't work for me. But so if you do, and lots of writers do, then that's a kind of brilliant way to kind of. To start and think that you know map out your time that way um for me and if anyone is writes as i do it you kind of have to give yourself up to it in a way um and just kind of let it take its course um a lot of writers i read a lot of advice from writers and that's also an excellent way to procrastinate <laughs> um and it feels productive um and everyone says you've got to really protect your time and that is one thing that i would just 100% recommend. Um, what does that mean? So, I mean, because I didn't have like a traditional job, lots of my friends were like, oh, great, come and meet me for lunch, meet me for coffee, and all these kind of, you know, freelance friends who would, you know, have have other things on. And I just, I did that for ages. And then I was suddenly like, well, that just takes, you know, it takes me an hour to get there. Then I have an hour of lunch with them. Then it takes me an hour to get back. And that's three hours. And then, you know, then I kind of get home and make a cup of tea. And but the whole day is gone at the end of that. So I just really started having to clamp down on that and be really strict. And it felt ridiculous because, you know, I was doing this thing that I didn't know if anything was going to come of it. But yeah, at the same time, I had, you know, I did want something to come of it and I had to do it. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of really hiding away and being a bit of a hermit for quite a long time. Where were you writing? Um, I started writing at home. Um, I wrote in my kitchen and it was 
great to begin with and then I started I you know days would go by where I wouldn't see anyone and it would be a little bit um I felt like I was going a bit mad so I did a bit of going to cafes and then kind of really to shame myself into working I started going to the British Library because there's so many people just doing amazing things there and it feels a bit awful to just be on Facebook or Twitter or whatever when you can see these really hardcore academics either side of you um, and that really did actually help me produce more you mentioned that you've been reading a lot of advice from writers about how they go about the process. Was there anyone you can recommend to, to look at or go to for advice? Um, I would say, I, not one person in particular, but the Paris Review magazine is brilliant. There's, they've got a great online archive. Um, they've got, they do some great books as well, but the archive is brilliant. And if you go on the Twitter feed, they're just constantly publishing interviews that they do, really in-depth interviews with authors. And they all have these very amazing things to say about... Um, about yeah about like kind of what drives them and what they think fiction is and what they think writing is and yeah, people not just fiction actually non-fiction poetry as mm. well and which writers who are your favourite writers um, well I, so there are a few answers to this question the 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 original answer before I started writing this book the stuff I read a lot of it was kind of very like Irish quite quiet domestic fiction like um, John Banville um, John McGahan William Trevor um, and as I started writing this I kind of kept coming to other writing that I felt in some ways I was similar in some way to what I was doing and they all hap- happened to be um, American fe- mostly female authors so people like um, Laurie Moore A.M. Um, Holmes um, Anne Beattie um, and yeah it was one of those things that kind of and Lydia Davis it was yeah the more I the more I was writing the more I kind of found I was like seeking out this other mm-hmm. stuff that I'd never come across before so it was really nice to be introduced to this whole new kind of literature um and so now you've succeeded you've done what you set out to achieve <laughs> you have you've published a book and you're a new mom yes um and I know you're also married to actor Simon Bird um so you've got a really lovely it's, from the outside it all sounds really lovely um what what's what's next well um i would love to write another novel um but at the moment don't have a great deal of time on my hands um so the plan is that i will kind of once things have settled down a bit and you know once um, the baby's a little bit older that i'll be able to kind of figure out how once to you've actually had to <laughs> something <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah i am kind of just completely in awe of working mums like, I just don't really know how anyone does it and you know I know it's kind of a constant You're doing it. <laughs> source of debate well I feel like kind of just getting through each day yeah. surviving and how does it work so when you've got your first book out does do you stay with the same publishing house do you find people approaching you saying we really want you to write for us or are people magazine editors approaching you to write um, pieces for them yeah I've done a few pieces um, which has been really nice and again like tough with a baby but also actually really nice to use a different part of my brain even if it's for like 20 minutes at a time um and and yeah I mean if if as and when I write another book I mean yeah I think that just that will that will happen and um and just before we finish do you read your own reviews um I said I started off by saying I wouldn't but it's they're quite hard to avoid because yeah. people tend to send them to you yeah. and, and <laughs> even if you I mean maybe they don't send you the terrible ones <laughs> I think they probably don't, but um, they do send you ones that are broadly positive. So, uh, yeah, I do. But I, um, I am trying to be... I'm definitely not reading comments under anything yeah. that's got comments on it. That's my that Have you found that people... Um, I mean, you're really active on Twitter. I've been... You know, your Twitter account's great. It's really fun to follow. Thank you. Um, have people been commenting, tweeting at you? 
more than they were. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, and so far in a very nice way. <laughs> so That's a good sign. <laughs> yes. All right, well, thanks so much and good luck with it all. Oh, thank you very much. That was Lisa Owens talking about her big idea. Tune in next week to hear the next My Big Idea and check out previous episodes on Acast, iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Bye. I have a secret. I wore the wrong foundation for years. Then I discovered Il Maquillage, the boldest new brand in beauty. With 20,000 five-star reviews and 50 shades of flawless coverage, their Woke Up Like This foundation is a bestseller for a reason. It's tough buying foundation online, but their Power Match quiz matched me perfectly. And with Try Before You Buy, you can try your shade free for 14 days. Take the quiz at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz.